Who you ask, either 70 million or 85 and a half million things to talk about today. All right, a long list is always good. That's great. Steve, how are you? I am wonderful. Yourself? Good. All right, I'm all right. Um, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve. Uh, Steve, we, we do have a lot of things to talk about. Um, we have a new football coaching contract to talk about not a new football coach just a new football coaching contract uh we have potentially a new quarterback to talk about uh then we have the final penn state football regular season game of the year to talk about and i found an interesting article in the hollywood reporter that i wanted to discuss and i, I don't know i think it's, it's interesting and rumor on the street sources say that you have a quiz for me is that true it's quiz time baby Oh, baby. You'll be All in right. great shape. You're smart. Okay. All right. Well, let's not get carried away now. Um, all right. Well, as you may or may not have heard, um, James Franklin signed a 10-year – they're calling it a new contract. I would sort of more so call it an extension, um, I guess, would be the proper term. Um, basically, long story short, it takes his pay from – somewhere in the range of six something in a million a year up to 7 million um, over the next however many seasons all the way till 2031, which feels like an infinitely far time away. Um, also in it, there's a retention bonus and some life insurance thing that's a million dollars. There's a, there's the traditional coaching bonuses, but you know what? None of that is interesting don't really care about how much James Franklin is getting paid. It's not really, again, not really that much different now than, than what he was getting paid. Uh, what I do care about was this quote in the press release. Um, now I have to find it. Here it is. Um, this is from James Frank, James Franklin, quote unquote, apparently. Uh, With the support of President Barron, Sandy Barber, and the Board of Trustees, we've been able to create a roadmap of the resources needed to address the academic support, community outreach, name image likeness, facility improvements, student athlete housing, technology upgrades, recruiting, training table, and more. To me, that is what this contract is about. It was not about James Franklin getting paid. It was not about worrying about James Franklin going somewhere else. It was James Franklin trying and lobbying to get something like this for Penn State's uh, football program. That's kind of my, my thoughts on it, Steve. What are your thoughts on it? My thoughts are we should re rename this podcast, and instead of old guy, young guy, it should be like Optimus Cynic. Um, <laughs> hey, that's why, we, that's why we talk, though. Um, if we just I, sat here and agreed the whole time, the audience would be bored, Steve. That's true. Um, I think you're partially right, but I do think if – I mean, he had leverage when the contract was probably delivered earlier this season, which is, from my understanding, if the contract was in hand. You know, when, when times are rosier in terms of the win-loss record. 
I think all those things are right. I think the athletic department wants those things to happen. I think the timeline of the coach probably would want them all done tomorrow. And the athletic department's going to take several years to get some different facilities, things, and some other stuff. So there was assurances there that probably had to come. Um, I hope what it means most of all is that when the question comes up next year, when the first job opens up someplace else and his name gets associated with it, that the answer is finally, no, I'm here for the next decade. We're committed to each other. Next question. Um, not, I, I just think that it was, it was, those answers were not firm enough in some ways for some people. And I'm probably one of them this past year. Um, even today at the news conference, somebody asked about coaching in 2022 and he had a contract for next year. You know, that I don't know what you're asking. I have a contract for next year. Yes, we're talking about uh, things going forward, but next year I'm on the contract. Next, you know, next question. Um, yeah, it was, it was an odd answer. I did, I did bat a little bit of an eye at it, but I also said to you, if I was about to get however much money within three hours, I, I'd be very conscientious of what I was, yeah, was yeah, saying. No, I agree. I, I think that's fair. Um, I think all these things are things they probably they probably need to be competitive in a division one major college football world that exists. That said, I don't know that these things, well, these things certainly are not the reason they lost at Iowa or that they lost at Illinois this year. Right. So that's the other challenge that I'm sure some other people will see with it, but I'm excited about the stability. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the stability. I just don't think there's a better option out there for Penn state right now. albeit you know, from the critical side, you know, whatever they were, 11 and nine the past two seasons overall, or I get that, but I think he's the right guy at the red at this time. And I don't think the money you would save on somebody somewhat lesser is going to get any different results. You just save some money in the bottom line. At some point you do have to invest in this stuff. Yeah. I, I really, like I said, I, I really think in, even looking at the buyout structure of, of this, it is 12 million until basically blue white weekend next year. And then it's eight million till the end of next year, then six million, and then in 2024 it decreases down to two million. And to me, there's kind of two sides of that coin. Number one, it is it is James Franklin basically being like, "Look, you better execute on these things by this date, or so that my buyout is lower, so that I can go be more attractive to another job." Number two, I, I think it's also you know kind of like a big Penn state kind of sort of almost taking the risk guarantee type thing of, of, you know, we're going to give you this nugget or also, or, you know, you're going to give us this nugget in terms of a buyout, but we're going to give you these nuggets in terms of whatever it may be. Um, and, and I think, you know, ultimately when you, when you sit down and think about it, I think, like I said, I really wholeheartedly believe this contract was not really about the financials. I, 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 I mean, when you're making $5 million a year, what's the difference between, and relatively speaking, what's the difference between 2 million or 7 million and 5 million? Not a whole, it's, it's really not. Um, but when you're maybe missing out on a recruit here or there because you have tiny beds or a very antiquated dorm system, or um, you, know, you don't have whatever relaxation pods, which I don't necessarily think are the greatest idea, but, um, you know, there's just little things like that that I think this that James Franklin doesn't want to not give um, and have the opportunity to to do. Um, 
I, you know, I. So with the buyout structure, I have two seasons of, of goodwill and strong answers before we start dancing again. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I, I guess probably. Okay. Probably. I, I, I think, like I said to you earlier, I think the dancing around within the last week and a half has been because he knew what was coming and he just didn't want to screw it up, so to speak. Um, so I think that's smart. But with everything else, I, I don't think he was ever interested in any. I mean, he was interested, like, yeah, think about it, think about it in terms of the USC and LSU job. But I don't think he ever really kicked the tires seriously. Um, on that. That's not me having a source or anything. That's just me taking a hunch that I think James Franklin knew what game he was playing here. And, and, and I think even to a degree, Penn State knew what game he was playing here. Um, and here we are. And that may be true. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a source the other way either. Um, I just, after eight years and three or four times of hearing it, you know, the, the, the leverage discussion gets old, but if you're, you're not on the same page with each other, then that seems silly. Um, so, and I just don't think he should have to, and maybe that's part of it for him too. I don't think I should have to keep telling you we need this for the program, you know, but here I am. Um, so, no, I'm happy for him. I'm happy. I hope it, I hope it, you know, gives the stability that uh, with the family, that's like every unstable, but like the back and forth and he says he wants to be here. I hope, I hope that's the case. Um, there are still things, other things in the community that I would love to see, you know, Mrs. Franklin become the, the second, the first lady of, of state college in some ways that, that I think should happen. Um, it's just part of the deal. Well, whether you're making $5 million, $8 million, you get to invest in the community just with your time and effort that I, that I haven't seen as living here. And I know that's a personal thing and not a coaching thing, uh, but I just think that's part of the thing. Um, it, it's funny you say that because I kind of sort of had, maybe not that necessary thought, but like, I wonder if he takes any of this, this money that he's getting and throws it back into the university somehow, whether it's an endowment fund or a whatever fund. Um, it would be kind of weird for him to pay for his own facilities and it'd be kind of weird to ask for the raise, but like, I wonder if that crosses his mind. Uh, so you scratch my back, I'll, so I scratch your back. I'll be the cynic on this one. There's not a difference between $5 million and seven. and if it hasn't happened at making $5 million, I'm not sure it's going to happen making yeah, That's a good point. That's a good point. I think the stability is good for the program. I think it's good for there not to be change and whatever else. So it comes down now you got to win some games, you know, <laughs> and the people that are frustrated will, you know, when they, when they lose a silly game, well, now I'll be able to say you're making this much money and you're losing, you know, your, your team's not ready for one or whatever else, right? So we'll I do think, yeah, I, I do think from that perspective, it does dial in the pressure a little bit more, even for me, who's been very, probably more so liberal, I guess, would be the best terms on, on heat on James Franklin. Um, because I, I, I just, I think now it's like, okay, what's like, like kind of like you said, not really any more question marks here. This is you, this is what you wanted. So this is what you're getting. Make it work. Figure it I mean, out. The, at some point, if this is this is the deal you agreed to, this is what you wanted, right? So if I, if that buys me personally two or maybe three more years of, of not looking at every little thing or pretending we're looking at every other thing, that's great. But otherwise, let's all work going forward toward the same goal and um, hopefully make it successful. All right. Anything else you want to add about 
Jimmy's new uh, contract? Both Jimmy, Jimmy Franklin and Jimmy Sexton? No, how about Jimmy? Both the Jimmys know how to make money, so good for them. Yeah. I know it's it's always like, oh, I want to be a sports agent. I want to be a sports agent. Today's one of those days where I want to be a sports agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. Do we have a quarterback controversy in State College, Steve? God, I hope so. Um... <laughs> you are fired up. You are in a mood today. You're not fired up, but you're in a mood today. No, I, I was ready. I was ready for this change. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate and I understand the question. <laughs> Yeah, but Sean Clifford was was, <laughs> was a James Franklin press conference, right? Right, that he was that he was not feeling well, and he's been beat up this season. But I feel like I've seen what Sean Clifford can do. Uh, a question mark for us for Penn State has been the backup quarterback all season long. So start the kid from Canada, and then you've got a good backup. I appreciate that Michigan State is a different team than Rutgers, but there's nothing special going to happen this season. And if you're going to have a chance at something even semi-special next season, it seems like a couple starts for the person who's going to be here next season might make sense. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No. But, gosh, I wish it would. I mean, I just – I mean, I, don't, I think I know the second game on the road at Michigan State, who's going to be mad after they lost big, maybe not the right place for a freshman. But I just – I'd be more excited about what, what I think the upside is Versus what, what, what the known upside of what I've seen. Not that Clifford's not good and that they couldn't win without him. I just I don't know that I'm gonna believe he's healthy next week by that time after he's always been beat up and everything else. That's I, I was talking about this with some friends earlier today, and, and that is kind of sort of where I am at with this. Like, if Sean Clifford is gonna play on Saturday, he better be without a doubt 110 percent healthy. Like he needs to be fresh 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 and if he's not i i think we saw what happened when someone who is 80 percent just still pretty effective plays versus when somebody who is 100 percent and is still is equally as effective plays look again i know it's Rutgers. i know you know there's it's not necessarily a defense to to ride home about but that being said michigan state i believe has like one of the worst passing defenses in the country take advantage of that um i don't know i i could see you know i could see if this was maybe week seven eight middle of the season you still have a lot of things to play for yeah okay maybe it doesn't make sense but Kind of like you said, like doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters, and I do think there is a massive difference between an eight and four season and a seven and five season. But it just seemed to seem like when Christian Vigu was in on Saturday, it was there was electricity in the offense. They seemed excited. It weirdly reminded me of 2019 when Penn State went to Ohio State. Sean got hurt. And Will Levis came in and then just started running the ball down, like literally just ran straight ahead. It, it kind of made it more of an interesting game at that point. And I don't think, if I remember correctly, like Sean wasn't playing poorly. It was a pretty close game. I think maybe even Penn State had a, a lead there for, for a minute or two. Um, 
it just it, it brought back a lot of those memories. Uh, a lot of people pointed out to back to the tax layer bowl of when Trace came in mm-hmm. after Hack got hurt. Um, again, quote unquote hurt. Um, it gave me a little bit of those vibes, but mainly just because the quarterback was wearing number nine and Trace McSorley was number nine. Right. Um, And everybody likes the backup quarterback, and I get that. And it's been a a frustrating season in in some ways. So he's the the fresh new thing that's worth some optimism. But I don't don't get a sense that he's not capable. I mean, he's certainly capable. I don't get a sense that he's ill-prepared, right? So – I just rather see it. I just rather. I, I think if you're talking about building the future of the program and not to thumb our nose at all that Sean Clifford has done for the program and put up with and, and endured and whatever else, you know, there's a balance between weighing that and, and looking to the future. And I guess on those scales, I would tip more toward looking at the future at this point of this particular season. Yeah, and I think even if if Christian Veyu isn't the number one guy next year, this is still far more valuable to have him now and play in more relatively interesting game on the road. Um, it's not necessarily, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a tough environment given kind of Michigan state slipping in, in the rankings and, and things um, and it being after Thanksgiving, but I, I just really don't think it, it, I think this is one of those situations where it's kind of like you, you make a bigger move for your program by looking at the future here. I don't know. I also sometimes feel like James Franklin is a little too loyal to a fault. And I think maybe this might be a situation where if Sean says he's 97% good to go, you know, Sean gets the start and, and, and it's not that I don't think Sean Clifford is incapable of winning. Cause I think, you know, I think he's equally as fine, but um. One thing I did want to talk about, because I think a lot of people were fired up about this this week, and I have really started to hate this take, is that why didn't Christian Bayou play in the Iowa game? Why didn't he play in the Illinois game? I do think that a healthy quarterback versus a not healthy Sean Clifford makes a little bit of a difference in that Illinois game, especially in the overtimes. But... I think it was very, it's become very clear to me. Again, this is just all pure speculation and random thought that Veyu and, and Roberson were taking a tenth, maybe a tenth, not even a tenth of the snaps in practice. And then there was an oh shit moment. And, and when um, Sean got hurt, that, okay, I, uh, we better start letting them practice a lot more. And I think that's what you saw. And I think that's why we saw it you know, Christian play the way he did, but boy, he did not look like a quarterback that hasn't played since 2019. Like the, the throw to Jahan Dotson in in the, I think it was the first touchdown right before half was really tight window. And the, the throw to Parker Washington also in the same end zone was a ballsy throw. It was a really like, that is not the throw of a fresh, true freshman quarterback making. Yeah. And I think people, People can't see game plans and, and understand stuff from the stadium, even, you know, roots and stuff like that. I mean, they can say that they do, but you can't, you can't see that, I don't think, well. But I think people can see effort and can see energy. Um, and, and I think that's what he brought. And, and he can see some desire. Um, so I think that's what was there. And that energy was important for the team. And I, and I, 
he sh- there's a part of me that thinks that he should have been ready sooner um, or somebody should have been ready sooner, right? That's a yeah. thing, but it's not facilities. It's not bedrooms. It's not, you know, relaxation pods. It's getting your people ready to play. Um, but it feels like he is ready to play now. And again, unless Sean Clifford is, you know, Superman ready and everything is good to go, I'm, I'm quite happy seeing, seeing Christian on, on, on Saturday just to, to see what happens. Worst case, Shifford Clifford comes in and backs up. That's that's the best backup they've still the best backup they've had all season. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It is weird that there's a quarterback that's number nine that's that's Christian and not fourteen. It's like it's, it's all like combining it's two all, fine things before. Yeah, right? it, like it's, it's, it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, there you go. Um, anything else on on Saturday's contest that you? Uh, the one that happened Saturday. The one the one that happened Saturday that you want to discuss no glad to see the glad to see the new community play and play well and it, um, kudos to them with all the injuries and sickness and playing you know getting getting a win and toughing out a win i think that's important um now, now it's following up with something hopefully uh, i'd like to play a quick game with you steve i, I want to see if Uh-oh. i have i did not see a picture of you but i want to see if i can correctly guess what you wore to the game on saturday are you ready sure did you wear a Tan hunting jumpsuit and a bright orange hat. I, no, it's not a jumpsuit. It's, it's a two-piece Carhartt uh, thing. Uh, insulated pants and a Penn State OPP Carhartt zip-up jacket. And was I correct with the hat? The hat's always on, yes. Okay, because I decided to look look up that way during the game. I was like, oh, there's Steve. Yep, no, I, yep. I tried to get a picture of you. I forgot. No, that's always that's easy to find. Come on. Can't get lost that way. Yeah, well. We wouldn't lose you anyways, would we? I'll add you to the list of people that love the hat. It's a growing list. It, it, it's, it's nice because you look up there and there's all the way up there, Steve. And that's growing in quote marks because there's not many people that actually do like it. But, so, so. What's, what, why, why do people not like the hat? Like, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Unless they're no, playing Illinois. For like eighth grade, eighth grade and ninth grade girls, it was embarrassing. So I've, I've, I've maintained nah, growing that nah. since then for the girls' sake. So. Okay. Um. Anyways, moving on. Okay. Penn State's football game with Michigan State this weekend, the final game of the year. Like I said earlier, I I think this game matters a lot for Penn State, maybe more so than it does Michigan State. I genuinely think that there's a massive difference between seven and five and four. I think that is kind of like seven is five is not a good season and eight and four is an okay season. You know, I think nothing is worse than a nine and three season. I would rather finish almost six and six some years than a nine and three season. Cause I feel like a nine and three season is, is yeah, you didn't get to 10 wins, but you, you didn't play terribly. You had three bad losses. Um, so I think, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited for Saturday's game. Cause I think Penn state has something to prove here. And in terms of a, I hate to say it must win game because every game is like a must win game, especially in college football. This one just feels a little bit extra important. Um, and I think the other fact is there's the most beautiful trophy in all of sports on the line. So. It is It is a, a trophy to behold. Um, it's something. Um, <laughs> it's something. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a – I think you're right. There's a difference between certainly a, 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 a tangible an – inta- more an intangible value in that, that win between eight – from eight to seven, seven to eight. Um, 
I mean, it's not going to make Illinois feel any better, no matter what. <laughs> no. Um, but it, it just and, and again, if you if you win Saturday, you've got two in a row going into a bowl game. You maybe finish the season with three straight wins, and you've got that that spiel. Not that it carries over, but you get to say that, you know, for several months till you play your next game. So yeah, that's why it's important. Um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Penn State shows up. I mean, I think we talked they talked they showed up last weekend despite the situations. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they show up on the road and how much it means to them. So I, I do think fans can see effort. I just, I just do think that's something you can tell, even if you don't know X's and O's. Um, and then hopefully it'll be effort there for their part. Cause I, I, it would be nice for them to finish the season strong. Does it feel like there's a lot of pressure now that James Franklin just signed this contract or have we all kind of sort of accepted the season? Not for this, not for this season. I think next season, there's, there's I mean, in my, in my mind, there's a little more pressure next season. You can't, the, the contract doesn't rectify things that have already happened this season, doesn't fix stuff. Um, but certainly, I think people view it differently going forward. You know, now there's just a little more, that, 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 that $2 million from five to seven may not mean, may not feel like much to people who don't have that kind of money, but for people who don't have that kind of money, there's other people, they're like, hey, that's really, you know, they're paying you to do this. Like, you know, they're, 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 you know, you're expected to win games at, at that level of, uh, of a salary. Um, and we've seen that. I mean, the, the programs that are paying people that much go through coaches, churn through coaches if they're mm-hmm. not winning. So, and that's, that'll be something new for Penn State to at least talk about. And I know it's out, you know, people talk about the coach all the time or whatever else, but, you know, there was so much stability for years. And then the change wasn't perpetuated by the university or the fans pushing by that change. It was always outside opportunities or change that, that, that brought it on. Now it feels like going forward, there may be more of that, the potential for that. But I don't, I know that doesn't color this game as much as it, I think next season. Yeah. Hmm. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, do you, uh, here's a question for you. It's not necessarily related to Penn State's game. If Penn State played on a Thanksgiving Thursday, would you cancel your family plans if it was a home game? I was thinking about that because there is a, a couple of college football games, including the Egg Bowl on Thursday. Um, I kind of always <laughs> wish Penn State would have that Friday game. Like, I, like I would, it would be neat, I think. I might vote for that to happen, but I'd be overruled. Um, so, do, do you want to plead the fifth here? I feel like you need to plead the oh, fifth. Oh no, here. no, I would, I would vote, I would vote for it to, to, to for the plans to change, but I would be overruled. I'd be on the side of I'll go to the game, and I, I might even get to the point if I wanted to stick my flag on the ground, depending on how who the opponent was, I might get to go to the game by myself. I mean, hey, what the heck? Um, I don't think it'd be a neat thing, but I, I just, yeah, I, yes, I mean, yes, I would. It would certainly be something we discussed. I think. What about you? I mean, you talked about the Friday. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think it would. I think my my family would understand. Right. Uh, like I think that's where it's we're not at. really much of an art argument. Right. We might be hosting it, but I just wouldn't be there. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. All right. Anything else about about Saturday? No, I'll tell you what I'm going to be wearing for that game. It won't be the orange hat. It'll be like, you know, a pair of sweatpants and a Penn State t-shirt, which would be nice. Just shoving your face full of it. Are you, are you a turkey sandwich guy? I feel like you're a turkey sandwich guy. But are you yeah, just we'll like, see how much turkey is. I might be tired of it by Saturday. It depends on what we do Friday. That's Thursday, true. Friday. That's true. That's your, depending on what time you eat, that's your 
fourth post Thanksgiving meal or or yeah, sixth if you have, have breakfast. Yeah, hopefully. Do you like when you have your leftover turkey? Do you like it cold? Sometimes I'm more apt. We have um, actually we have leftover mashed potatoes from the from the one side of the family Thanksgiving in, in Frederick, Maryland, this past weekend. I like hot turkey sandwiches. Like I can be sold on those, right? With gravy mm-hmm. and chopped up turkey and, and potatoes or bread. Like so, I'd probably opt for that more than like a cold turkey okay. sandwich. Are you the turkey cold turkey sandwich? I, you know, I think I, I like cold turkey. It's kind of like, like I love pizza. I love do- like I love getting like Domino's pizza. Like I, I think it's it's good, but it is significantly better, like slightly warmed up in the microwave. It it just is like the next day. I, just a random musing that I have. Here. Oh no, that's what, hey. When I was when we back and forth between here and DC, living, and I was up here. Like three days by myself, I would get the Little Caesars pizza. It was like the the ten dollar pizza. Ten dollars, yeah. And it's five dollars. Yeah. 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 You get, yeah, you get get, like two to three meals out of a pizza. Easy. Right. I get lunch, dinner, and, and breakfast the next morning out of that bad boy for five bucks. So that was great. All right. Moving on. Hold on. Let me find out this article. Um, there was an interesting article by two people. Uh, Alex Warpin and George Zalza. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Uh, it was in the Hollywood Reporter. I uh, had a funny little graphic of a football player, a basketball player uh, playing poker, and smack dab in the middle is Mickey Mouse holding two cards. I thought that was that was that was actually what made me click on it. So remember, the visuals are important when when you're creating your story. Um, but the headline on the article is Disney is showing its cards, uh, shows its cards in pursuit of sports betting dollars. Uh, and basically the gist of the article is this. Now that sports betting is here, now that it's, it's primarily legal, this ESPN is starting to look more into sports betting in terms of maybe opening a sports book or having one of the, the players in the sports betting world just kind of license the ESPN brand. Um, but it is kind of interesting because the article brought up the point that we are talking about a company owned by Mickey Mouse and Disney and company that is for the most part, anything violent or risque or a vice, I guess, is, is, is kind of frowned upon. Does it, would it bother you? I don't think, I think I know the answer to this. Would it bother you? Do you think there, how much backlash do you think there would be related to Disney getting into the sports betting world? Or would you just like look over it? Like, are you like, duh. They'll get none from me. How much backlash will it be in general? They'll get, they'll get a little bit of super conservative, old school grandmas and grandpas. And, um, and, and people younger than that saying, I can't believe you're doing this. You're, you're Disney. And in and, and the article, it was interesting. There were a couple of different different lines in the article that struck out, that stuck out. Like, well, you know, society's changing; it's becoming more acceptable. Here we are. And then there one there one CEO, a CEO uh, for a strategic advisory firm, said Disney isn't entering betting. Betting ESPN is entering betting. Like as if people don't know that it's all one family, right? It's like kind of like conveniently. Well, we're related now, but when we're getting in trouble, that's not my kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's. That was one piece of it. But no, I don't think people were, I think that the the other thing that was mentioned in the article and maybe more of a challenge is just reporting on it. You know, if you're going to cover the spread or or list the spreads and then you have somebody reporting about the industry, 
there's eventually going to be some kind of conflict there just in terms of naturally the story is going to come up where you're going to need comment from somebody or they're going to go into, you know, um, and then somebody on the, the journalistic side will beat them up for not being as journalistic or pitching their product over somebody else. Um, but I think it had to be coming because there's revenue there. I mean, the one yeah. thing that Disney's not going to miss, it may avoid some vices, but it's not going to miss the chance to make some money and it exists in, in betting and sports betting. Hey, you can now drink in every one of the four parks at, at Walt Disney World. So that's all I have to say about it. Not, not just European Epcot, right? Like so years ago. Yeah, now was, it's, so you can even get beer in Magic Kingdom now. That was the last one that was on the, the fence. Oh, well, then if they've done that, nobody complains. Yeah, I, I think point blank, it's, it's time to go make money. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's, it, and I think that's what, what Disney sees here. And, and I, I really don't have any problem with it. To me, it actually kind of annoys me when I go to ESPN and it's, this is, this line is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook or whatever right. sportsbook. It, it, I don't know. It, it's kind of annoying. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it. I, I don't know. I think, I think it's really only a matter of time at this point. And that's kind of what the article lays out. There's a lot of money to be had. I mean, oh, yeah. you look at just, you know, Pennsylvania, I think was like, like a couple million dollars, maybe a couple, like, like two, eight or seven figures, not, or no, eight figures in terms of, of revenue just for the state alone. And that's one state. And, uh, you know, and so obviously one of the bigger states, but, you know, it, sports betting is just getting away underway in florida it's still not in texas i don't think it's in california yet either there's a lot of money sitting out there right now with right. to i kind of like you said i don't think disney's going to walk away from that right and the money that's being made hasn't put vegas out of business yet so people are finding all kinds of money to gamble and disney would be silly to to let them not spend it with them and i'm sure that's what they're thinking yeah, it would be interesting. I'm, I'm sure somebody's doing or has done a study on it. You know, really, this has kind of been the sort of first full year we've had a lot of states have gambling available. I wonder how much it's affected, if at all, what Nevada is is, is pumping out. Because um, I can't imagine it, it's that much. I mean, if anything, it's easier to bet. If you need anything, you're thinking about going to Vegas more often because you're like, ah, I can bet here. I don't want to go do something fun and go to Vegas. Right, right, exactly. I don't think they're the same. They're the same people sometimes, but the people who are going to Vegas for the experience are still going to Vegas for the experience. So yeah, I don't, I don't. I think it's been more found money for the industry in general, and there's a lot that's been found. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. Let's let's do this. Okay. Oh God! Oh God! He printed a paper out and everything. Because I'm old. So this is a five question quiz. Five questions. Five questions. What's the, what's the topic? Is this is this a hodgepodge or? Well, Thanksgiving quiz. Okay. All right. Thanksgiving and sports. Um, okay. So, how many turkeys are consumed in the U.S. on Thanksgiving? And you'll get credit for two million high or low from whatever number you provide. Okay. Let's see. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say fifty million that is a very good guess it's actually 46 though so you don't get mm. credit because too many delay but mm. good guess that's neat thank you um, thank you tough yeah. grader what usc us city sorry has the nation's oldest thanksgiving parade uh, I, 
it feels like it's too obvious to be New York or Plymouth, but I'm going to go with Plymouth. It's Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, didn't know that. Um, okay, so here we go. This is our sports question. Well, one of our two sports questions. The Detroit Lions have played in 83 Thanksgiving Day games. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Cowboys have played in 53. Which team is third on the list of games played? Ooh, I just I just looked this up. I think I think it's the Packers, isn't it? It's the Packers either the Packers thirty or or the Bears. They're tied at thirty six. Correct. Okay. Bing, bing, bing. One for you. Because I was I was thinking because I felt like this year's the, the Bears and the Lions play each other this year, and I felt like it was a very traditional Thanksgiving matchup. Yeah, I would have thought I would have thought Bears or or Redskins, and they were like way down there. They were played eleven times. I just thought with the Cowboys for the year. I wonder how many times the Steelers have played. I can only think of only like three, in my life, three in my life. Worst. Yeah, only like eight. Um, okay, but uh, so we go. You lead into the next question just wonderfully. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to get a bonus point, you can give me the answer before I ask the question. With the lead-in we just talked about. Jerome Bettis, the Detroit Lions, in 1993. Okay, that was, it was 1998. Ah, question okay. is, the question is, was all significant all, all NFL games going forward changed in what significant way as a result of that game? The, the coin flip. Right, there you go. Look at that. You didn't even need the question. Look at you. You got two, two out of four. So this is the fifth one is, and there's, okay. I think there's two correct answers for this one. The annual presidential turkey pardons were started by which U.S. president? Uh, I want to say it was Truman, but I also want to say it was Reagan. I think it was Truman. I'm wrong. It's wrong. It's apparently Kennedy. I looked, did some research, and like the Truman Library, uh, they, like DC goes with Truman, but the Truman Library says it wasn't him. Lincoln pardoned one when he was there, so I'd have given you Kennedy or Lincoln. Okay. Not bad. That was a strong performance. You had logic for the Truman one. That was great. Thank he you. was when you got without asking the question, which was wonderful. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. It's a little bit easier than my quizzes. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll find, out. we'll find out what the ratings are. Five. Well, two and a half out of five, and I'm blowing smoke up your backside, so I don't know how much. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll find out what the five, ratings so. are on this podcast and see who's quizzing they like better. Right, that's true. There we go. I'll tell people to listen this week. All right, I'm ready. Wait, do, you have you news? do you have news you need to share with the listeners? We didn't talk about this. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm writing again uh, for Nittany Sports Now. Uh, Give them a follow. They're uh, at Nittany SN. Um, appreciate everybody who has congratulated me. It is, it's not a new full-time job by any means. As some people have thought that it is a new full-time job. Um, but, um, you know, it's just a little something. A little something. Sorry. Good. Cleared, I cleared it with Steve, everybody. There's no Beatles breakup. The Empire, that's yeah. great. No, I wanted yeah. to make sure people knew the Empire was growing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Good for you. Yes. Look at us. Expanding our reach. All right. Um, anything else? Are you, are you excited for Thanksgiving? Are you hosting Thanksgiving? Are you? We are hosting Thanksgiving. Twenty-four, twenty-five people wish. Wow, you is, is that like normally your like size? Like, yeah, I mean, we had. I mean, Frederick, Maryland, on Sunday was forty-ish at my aunt's <sighs> house. Um, and a couple people didn't show up, and cousin was in California. Um, and twenty-four-ish. Probably about right with my brother and parents and Susan's brothers or Susan's sisters and brothers-in-law. So like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that's good. How, how many pounds is that turkey? You cook multiple turkeys. One turkey, 
Um, got it from the Penn State Poultry Science Club. Um, it's a fundraiser for them. Didn't really have a choice. It was 21.9 pounds. So big bird. This is not, not a big bird, but a big bird. Yeah, right. So, yeah. RIP big bird. Um, Where are you going? Are you going home? Are we uh, no, we're, we're hosting. We're hosting. The, uh, my mom is coming and then Anna's parents are coming. Um, you, have you hosted every year before? We, no, this is the first year we've hosted. Um, we got a, a 15 pound bird. So seven, six pounds less than your large. That is a very large turkey. You have like a, you have to clear everything out of the oven. Like, can you put anything else in the oven? No, we have a roaster yeah. oven. We have like, like the old, the sit on the kitchen. Oh, okay. The roaster oven type okay. So it's, it's big. So yeah, we'll plug that in and got off early dark time in the morning and let it slow cook and it'll be wonderful. Are you, do you put, you put the stuffing in after or, or are you? Uh, we don't stuff it in. We do the stuff, stuffing separately like in the yeah. pan with like. I think it makes yeah. turkey taste weird. We, my grandmother did that growing up. We did both, I guess, but since the past however many years we've just done the stuffing separately it's just that's something we make that's actually no matter who which one of us makes it, that stuff the stuffing turns out really good so we've got that down the potatoes we've got down so it'll be good it just i just want people to eat and have enough and not have leftovers because they don't leave the house and i don't have a metabolism that needs to be able to they can get that stuff worked off so so if you're going to steve's house for thanksgiving please yeah. make sure that you leave him leftovers Exactly. Or if we see you on Black Friday, we're going to be shoving food at you. Here, thanks for coming. Here you go. Here's some food. Free food. Black Friday special. Exactly. All right. This has been another episode of the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve. Um, you can rate us and all of that on all the podcasting services, um, which you already know if you've already listened to this podcast. Um, my Twitter handle is at Stuff Summer Says. Yours says at Steve Samsel. Other than that, I don't think I have anything else. Oh, we have an email at stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. But other than that, enjoy your uh, enjoy your turkey and mashed potatoes, mainly mashed potatoes. Love mashed potatoes. Best part of Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. See ya. <laughs>